You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. Well, Lazarus was raised from the dead, but it was his sister that sat sat at Jesus' feet to listen to him. That family really knew Jesus well. And it was also in that family context that oil was poured onto his feet, where time was spent, money was spent, emotion was spent to worship him. And that's the fragrance that Jesus took to the cross because he smelled of that worship that was placed onto him. And I'm interested to know whether the smell of death when he died ever overcame that smell or was there actually a beautiful smell in his death? You can ask him. See what he tells you. Well, that was a bit unplanned. Okay. If you would like to continue worshipping with your finance, why don't you pass those buckets in that spirit of worship and um, someone's there at the end. Well, this morning, Lord, as we've prepared our hearts to hear from you, we know that you are wanting to meet and speak with us, both individually and together as a church family. And with eager expectation, Lord, we open our ears, we open our hearts, and we say, speak for your servants are listening. And anyone who agrees with that, give me a hearty yes, amen, amen, a lady, whatever. Okay. Well, I'm very excited today. Um, we, uh, we have the great pleasure this morning of welcoming one of our favourite pastors here to speak today. Malcolm Munro is going to be taking the pulpit. So why don't you come, bro? Mal and Moni have uh, been on team with us. We have a, 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 an oversight or eldership governing leadership team uh, that oversee the general affairs of church life with three couples. Mal and Mon are one of those. And uh, in the last few years, we've been finding Mal's niche in our team to operate in his best grace space, okay? So uh, and in the last couple of years, uh, we've given him the role or the, the name, our family life pastor, Uh, Because we believe, among other things, we are family. Uh, We are other things beside that, but we are family. And the family life of our church is really important. So one of Malamon's main roles is to lead a team of people who together help to connect people relationally, care for people who are struggling, and create great memories of church, fun, family life. And so it's a great privilege to have him in the pulpit today. I want you to welcome him again with your hands together and your ears open. Rocker, bruv. Good morning. Well, as you gathered, my name's Malcolm. And uh, for the last little while, we've been doing a, a series, um, Adventures in Glory and Grace, and we've been looking at uh, Exodus. But this morning, I'm going to, because I can do that, because I'm not in the preaching. So this morning, I, I'm going to be talking about Dealing with disappointment. If we could have that first slide up, Jono. Dealing with disappointment. And there'll be some in here going, ooh, ooh, ooh. Because it is spelt wrong. I know that. Which, which one? <laughs> with. So... All of us, at some stage, deal with disappointment. So what is disappointment? We'll look at a few different definitions. We'll see what 
the, the world and society says disappointment is and then we'll go and do the wonderful God stuff. The dictionary says that disappointment is sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. In other words, when things go right, you feel good. When things go wrong, you feel <laughs> frustration, regret and disappointment. So I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll do my due diligence and go and find out what the psychology and, and all that kind of stuff is because I just wanted to find out what um, the, you know, what it was all about as far as uh, the brain goes. And so there's five points that they've, they've given us and we can thank psychologytoday.com. <laughs> so one... Disappointment is the psychological reaction to an outcome that does not match up to your expectations. The greater the difference, the greater the disappointment. Disappointment is a way in which sadness is experienced. Disappointment is the experience you feel when you consider what might have been in contrast to what exists in the present. Disappointment is what comes with finality. The recognition that you don't have, you didn't get, or you will never achieve what it is that you wanted. Oh, I don't believe that one. We'll put that one aside for a minute. Disappointment is the acceptance of reality. It forces you to admit that you did not get what you wished to have and it's actually easier for you to protest with anger than it is to encounter or deal with your sadness about the course of events. Anger allows you to continue idealising what you could have been while consciously <laughs> criticising it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And people will hang on to it only because, hey, it's what I needed at the time, you know? So... Um, in summary, the emotions that disappointments brings, it brings sadness, brings anger sometimes, and it brings apathy. Well, it didn't go my way, so I'll just sit in a heap because nobody cares anyway. So I was thinking, well, what, what are some of the things that we can be disappointed with or in whom? We can be disappointed in something that we have wanted to receive and it didn't happen or it hasn't happened yet. Can you show slide two for me? Okay. We sometimes can set ourselves up to be disappointed by having unrealistic expectations Whew. and that for the podcast is a, a guy trying to saw a piece of wood using the other guy's back as a pedestal not good so let, let, let's have an example of unrealistic expectations my son Brody my darling boy accidentally 
So one of his presents a week before his birthday. Accidentally. <laughs> so it was, it was his birthday last Monday. Happy birthday, Brady. And somehow it was in his mind and he justified that now he had seen it, he might as well have it. And so he thought for a moment so he could set his argument up. Because he likes to do, we like to do that, don't we? When we're trying to approach and we, we really know deep, deep down that it's probably not going to happen, but we'll just pitch it anyway. So he comes in and asks us, you know, since I've seen it, can I, can I have the present? Now, there were things that he didn't know about. Things he didn't take into consideration because he's, he's eight. One, you don't get birthday presents early just because you've seen them. That, that doesn't happen. Some, I don't know, maybe somebody out there goes, oh, yeah, of course. But we didn't do that, did we, love? Two, it would spoil the excitement of the day for him. Three, it wouldn't teach him patience and that things are worth waiting for. And four, mum and dad aren't pushovers and we love him more than his preferences. It's important. Needless to say, we gave our decision that he wouldn't get his presents and he was disappointed. So what are some of the other things we can... We have the next slide. We can be... <laughs> disappointed in someone's actions. <laughs> That's... <laughs> someone does something to us or says something to us that we thought they would never do or say. Did anyone get when they were growing up, oh, I'm so disappointed in you. I'm so disappointed in you. And the worst thing about that is when you're the one who's done the disappointing. This was me last Friday. Can we have the next, next slide? <laughs> we can be disappointed in ourselves. We find we are the ones who haven't shown character or we've, we've not put safety checks in place so we don't forget things. Um, and, or we can say something that's that's, that's hurtful or just we haven't thought it through before we said it. So whenever I preach, the Lord always is gracious and he uses situations during the time just to help me with my preach. So this week, um, even with all good intentions, I let someone down. Now, you feel... Also, and the thing that I don't want to... Um, uh, say what that is, it doesn't matter because in this church we have a culture of forgiveness and we have a culture that says oh, yeah, let's, let's look at some ways that we can fix that but hey, it's okay we'll, we'll get past this that's our culture but it doesn't help you not feeling some sort of shame inadequacy and, of course, the enemy likes to come. <laughs> you know, they think you're not dependable now. 
you've neglected your duties. You've hurt people deeply. What good are you? And we'll talk about that in a little while. My dad used to say to my mum, because I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of my dad and I'm a bit of my mum. <laughs> Which you would hope so, wouldn't you? You would hope so. He used to say, joy, because he was Scots. He is Scots. He hasn't changed. He's still Scots. He'd go, joy, you do everyone's thinking for them. And so what he meant was that she would just worry. She'd just go, oh, what of this, what of this, what of this, what of this, what of this. And so she had that tendency. And, I, of course, I, I don't have that. <laughs> but it is something that I, I struggle with too. I, I think, I overthink. And there'll be some of us in here in the room that does that. You have a scenario, and it comes along, and you just go, okay, what if that happens, that happens, that happens, this could cause this, this could cause this. There could be a plane that comes from Mars and <laughs> smashes into... You, you just get these wild, crazy, crazy things. We fear the worst in every situation. And that's, that is not how we should be. Disappointment. We're disappointed in a work situation or a job venture. We feel that we should have got it. That was my job. And we didn't get it. We've put some really good plans together, only to find that it didn't happen. Moni and I have plans. We have plans that are deep in our heart, the goals, the seeds that God's given us. And one of our plans is we, we don't want to be in debt. We don't want to be in debt at all. And we want to live a life that is not in debt. That's just what we want. That's what we feel God wants for us. And so we had a real victory. We just got that last one out of the way. And our dog breaks his knee and the veterinarian goes, $2,600, please. <laughs> Needless to say, we, we won't be doing that. We'll, we prayed over his leg and <laughs> we'll pray. But there's things that come along. <laughs> there's things that come along that seem to take us off our track. We go, what is going on here? What is going on? And um, there's a. I tried to get it on video, but I, I, it just didn't happen. But um, there's a Monty Python movie, and I won't say what it is. But there's a scene in it where there's a, a soldier. He's way, way off in the distance, and you hear this. And he's way, way, way out there, and then it takes the shot back to the two soldiers are at the castle looking and they're just eating apples and going and then it goes back to that shot but he's still the same place where he was he's still way out there and so they keep doing this back and forward and, and the humour in, in it is that he doesn't get any closer quicker but then all of a sudden boom he's there and I didn't show it because <laughs> it's not good after that but um, um 
And the thing is, in our plans, and I'm sure there's nobody here like this, but we've got to be mindful that we, we put God in our plans. I'm a great believer that he plants the seeds, the desires of our heart in us. So that those are the things that we, we want to see grow, we want to see bloom, we want to, we want to see happen. But if there's other things that, because there's other people, other entities out there that don't want us to succeed, and sometimes they can put something in your head that you think, oh, that'd, that'd be a good idea. We're, um, we're doing James in Connect Group at the moment, which, oh, I'll tell you what, that's a chunky, chunky book. It's got so many, so many good stuff and so much stuff that can cause controversy because it, it seems to say one thing and, and yet the rest of the Bible says some other things. But if you look at it in the right... Anyway, I'm not going to go into James. But what, I, what I'm going to just read is... Because um, James was dealing with these, these people that were full of selfish ambition. They just, you know, they, they hadn't consulted God. And now I have a word for you who brashly announce. So they were brash announcers. Today, at the latest tomorrow, <laughs> we're off to such and such a city for the year. We're going to start a business and make a lot of money. And then James comes in and says, look, you don't know the first thing about tomorrow. You're nothing but a wisp of fog catching a brief bit of sun before disappearing. Instead, make it a habit to say, if the master wills it and we're still alive, we'll do this or that. And the reason I'm saying that, and I will clarify something in a sec, the reason I'm saying that is not, we, we've just got to be careful that God is in everything that we do. Everything. Everything. I mean, some people think I'm a bit strange. Some people do. But I, I try and include God in everything, like um, everyday things. If I'm on the computer at work, which is one of my main big disappointments in life. It just tends to disappoint, <laughs> disappoint me. It is a, the wonderful tools. But just, um, I, I include them in everything that I do because that way um, I know if something, something goes wrong, pe people wonder how I know so much about computers at work. I'm just, they call me the guru. And if they only knew, if they only knew, I either get on Google the guru or I, I pray. Sorry, it's round the other way. <laughs> I pray and I go, Lord, help me find the answer to this. And in Google or whatever. And sometimes it's not on Google. Sometimes I just go, and it happens. Because God's good. He, he wants us to. Anyway, I'm laboring that. But I just, the thing I wanted to clarify is that God is creative. He has made us creative. He has made us to think big. Expect God to be God and go for your dreams as long as God is at the center of them and know he is doing a good thing. <sighs> One I tried, tried to get out of talking about and God wouldn't let me. Um, but it's the big one, being disappointed with God. What's that? Turning 50. 
or 50, 53. That, that's turning foot, yeah. So um, I went to someone who's a lot more learned than I am because I don't know everything. And I said that last time I preached, which is a good thing because I still don't know much more than I did last time. <laughs> but, but this is by, um, it's a article by Barry Bennett. And Barry Bennett's um, the Dean of Karis Bible College. Um, and he wrote uh, a book uh, called Did God Do This to Me? And Other Important Questions. But the one that I want to look at is um, does the Lord chasten us? Does the Lord discipline us? Is it him that's brought this horrible thing, that's brought this horrible disappointment was that God that did that? God doesn't bring disappointment for a start. Yeah. We will get to that. But I just want to say, um, as he, as he uh, says here, one of the questions we hear frequently concerns the idea of chastisement or discipline. What does this mean and how does God chastise us? Should we understand sickness, tragedy and loss of jobs or loved ones as the work of God for our good? The word chastise, chasten or chastisements means to train, instruct, educate, teach and discipline. And he's using the King James and he uses some words out of the King James so I better keep with that. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16 Instruction is the same word. Instruction is the same word. Therefore, the biblical concept of chastening refers to the instruction, nurture and correction of the Lord by means of his word. Now, while God's correction included physical punishment, curses under the old covenant, his correction under the new is by means of the word, that the man of God may be perfect, or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. And if you want to read more about that, please um, see Chad, because his uh, book, He Qualifies You, deals with all that, that kind of thing about what happened in the old covenant. But chastisement is often misunderstood because of our wrong cop concepts of God. We don't have a good idea of who God is. When we study Hebrews chapter 12, it's in the context we see that the author of Hebrews is not talking about God sending bad things our way, but rather encouraging, correcting and instructing the readers to resist temptation or disappointment or whatever and not fail the grace of God. We need to understand that sickness and tragedy never have never perfected anyone. Such things only come to steal, kill and destroy. And the Lord has given his word to perfect and discipline us. This is his word. So I just wanted to put that in there because some of us may think, oh, it was, you know, God that sent this horrible scenario to me. Um, because he doesn't send stuff. He just goes... I see what's happening there and I'm going to turn that for your good. For those who are in Christ Jesus. 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you've got to know that he's the one who does the good stuff. Now, um, I uh, did quite a bit of study on this and looked in different places and all the, the rest, and there was a, uh, a great article by, the, uh, by a lady by the name of Tara Zygman that I'll be using the headings for because they were really great. Um, I'll fill in all the rest because it's got to, when we witness, when we come up and we speak to people, it's got to be stuff that, that we have an understanding of, that we've, we've um, experienced. So, how do we deal with disappointment? Can we have that first slide up? Thanks, Jono. God has a plan. God has a plan for each one of us. Know he is doing something in us far greater than the trial or disappointment we are facing. Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, my friend Rob, um, not Rob, Rob at the back, um, we, we were talking about something the other, the other while, and he gave me a, a good article to read. Um, and uh, there, was, there was a paragraph in it that I found very, very... The whole thing was powerful, very, very thought-provoking. But there was one particular um, paragraph in it that, that really, really spoke to me. And what it's doing is it's talking about... The, the article is talking about the trial by faith. And what it is, is it's looking at the whole thing of um, that point where we, we've seen disappointment or we don't, we don't see, um, it doesn't seem like we're seeing God coming through a situation. Like we have a goal. And then the opposite happens. And we goes, how, how do we balance that out? So the irony and for those who don't know, I had to look it up again so I've got an understanding. Irony means the opposite of what is expected to happen. So the irony of the trial of faith is that God uses that which seems to contradict himself to prove that he is faithful. God's spoken things over me and mine and we haven't seen them yet. The more our faith is questioned and ridiculed, the stronger it becomes. Because you go, no, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know. If we will stand by faith. And the greatest surprise of all is that even before we are delivered of our trial, we have the victory. Nothing of contradiction is able to to move us. God will indeed be proven faithful even before he delivers us. How? He will be proven faithful in us. God wants to bring us to the place where despite the fact that circumstances have not changed, that we have changed. There may continue to be nothing to prove that he is faithful. 
but the proof is in us. Our faith is the evidence and substance of the faithfulness of God. There is no victory in Jesus Christ except through the working out in us of his death and resurrection. We sung that this morning. What, what does that mean to us? It means that we've died. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. It means when we are faced with disappointment, it means when we are faced with adversity, that is Christ who rises up within us. It is that, that knowledge and that knowing that he is faithful and going, well, I don't care what that looks like. I don't care what that looks like. I won't let disappointment take a hold of me because I know the faithfulness of God. For I know the plans I have for you. One of my favourite verses, Jeremiah 29.11, says the Lord, They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God turns all things for the, the good of those who love him, Romans 8.28, that we said before. We have to trust that he uses the situations that we find ourselves to teach us his truth, his word, his love, and his purpose in our lives. He doesn't bring bad situations, but he uses them, as we read with um, Barry about the word, that the word is, is good. And as um, David a Dupree said that there is victory in our faith when we stand by faith. So the next slide is grieve. You know, when, when we are faced with disappointment, God doesn't want us to be robots. Like, okay, here's another situation. That's okay. I don't care. I am good. Everything is great. Thank you very much. You know, he doesn't expect us. I mean, some, some people do, because maybe they just like being robots. But it's certainly, um, like we saw Homer at the front, mine's usually, oh, you know, and it's, it's okay. Um, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit, Psalm 34, 18. It's okay to hurt. God never wants us to be robots. Do what we need to do. And I want to say this, within a time frame that is appropriate to the situation. Now, if I go to the shops and I want to buy a sausage roll and there's not one there, now, if I'm still dark about that like three hours later, <laughs> then there's... <laughs> unless they're really good sausage rolls... Then, um, then there's something wrong with that. There is a good sausage roll. There's a huge difference between not getting a sausage roll or losing a job opportunity or losing someone. There's a big difference. You know, and there's a process in all of those areas that we've got to allow ourselves to know that it's okay to grieve. It's okay. It's, it's part of the process of finding God in the situation, of finding the good, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, there was a line 
in, in the shack, um, we went and saw the shack a while, and I won't get into any of that other than to say that one of the lines that, that God used was you can't see the truth through your pain. You have to give that to God. A focus has to somehow get off of the situation and get on to, onto God. We can't live there. We have to move on. And if we let God show us the way, because most of the time the only way to get through that situation is to, is to ask the Lord, show me the way. He knows what makes each one of us tick and he will meet us where we are. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Psalm 30, verse 5. So the next one is pray. We were praying. Talk to God about everything. Tell him how you are hurting. Ask him for some sense of understanding about what happened. Lord, I'm disappointed in this situation, but again, I just... Can you give me some handles? Remind me of those scriptures, Lord. What are those scriptures? And the Holy Spirit goes, great. There they are. That's them, that's them, that's them, that's them. And he'll remind us of the things, not only in scripture, but he'll remind us of the things that he's already done in our lives. Yeah. Those victories that we've already had. Yeah. And he loves us to talk to him about everything. Yes, okay, I had a note there and I'm trying to remember what it was now, now I have. Um, there was also, I, I watch a few movies, okay, so I do make um, some references here and then because I, I look for the good in things, which is one of my next points. But um, there's a, a line in, in um, Bruce Almighty where at the end um, God's saying to Bruce who tried to be God and then realised it's not a job that anyone in the right mind would want. Um, but he, he goes... Uh, give me a prayer. Give me something to pray for, Bruce. Uh, give me something to answer a prayer. And Bruce goes, well, I pray for world peace. And God looks at him and he goes, no, 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 no. I want something from your heart. I want something for your heart. And so he's, this guy's broken up with his girlfriend and he just goes, well, God, I just want her to be happy. That's a prayer that God hears when we are real with him. We don't have to put the flat, you know, thou greatest God, thou, you know, which is good to praise. So while we were talking, I was talking to Don about what I was preaching about, which is always good with certain guys. And he says, yeah, if I was preaching on that, what I would preach on is praise, praising God, praising God in that situation. And when we praise God, it's, we're actually talking to him. You know, it's not like, oh, Lord, our God, or something that is... Gee, that was an old one, showing my age. Um, but your name, your name is victory. You know, there's, there's, we're, we're singing to him and we're proclaiming him above what's happening in, in here. Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not, not permit the godly to slip and fall. Psalm 55, 22. 
And this next verse, which just always, I say nearly every day, but don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds all understanding. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The next slide, thanks. Listen and wait. You want me a cat? I try to get the meerkat sound, but I can't, I can't do it very well. Anyway, God always answers our prayers, even when it seems he doesn't. His timing is always perfect, and he wants us to experience him in the journey as well as in the victory. And then saying that, I'm saying don't run ahead of God. Please don't run ahead of God. If it doesn't seem to be going fast enough, don't try and make it happen. We've seen time and time in scripture where people have tried to make things happen, like Ishmael and all the rest of it. And um, I like to talk to young guys about don't run ahead of God because they, they want to make... That's in a whole big, another big subject about wanting to get a wife and all that kind of stuff, which I might preach on one day, but not, not at the moment. Um, but don't run ahead of God. When you pray, go away by, your, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private because that gets your focus. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. He just wants us to get in a place where we've pushed everything else out of sight, all the pressures, all the disappointment, and he just wants us to get into a place where we can just focus on him. And we do that however we do that. I have to get up at 6 o'clock because my boy's up at 7. Doing all sorts of things, turning the TV on. So I need to get up early so I can, I can hear God. Um, but do whatever you need to do. Um, especially when, when you've got situations that are pressing on you and you have that pressure. Number five, search for the good. See there, it's not that very clear, but it, it's a picture of a forest that's just had a fire go through it. And there's new life starting there. When Monty and I have faced adversity and disappointment, we help each other to speak of exciting alternatives. Maybe God wants us to do this or that. The more outrageous we can be, the better. Usually to the point of us laughing and maybe crying too. <laughs> But we just, we just go, well, God is good. Let's, you know, this, this has happened in this situation. We're disappointed with it, but okay. So God must be doing this. Oh, God must be doing that. Oh, God must be doing this. We, we speak of his goodness into the situation and we declare. Because using this thing for our faith is, is fantastic. Yeah. Speak, declare over your situation. Declare over it God's goodness and God's victory over it. And my last point, number six, he will be our strength. Have you not heard, have you never understood, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men 
or fall in exhaustion, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. That's Isaiah 40, 28, 31. He will give us the strength to deal with disappointment or the situation that we face. And we need to believe in the deposit he has placed in us as his children. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We are surrounded by potential disappointments. If we let ourselves succumb to them or be fooled into thinking they are a finality, we shortchange ourselves in a major way. Instead, we should approach them as an opportunity to see God work in our lives, to show us his love and continue to prepare us for the vastness of a blessed eternity with him. Amen. Amen, I guess it means over to me. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> um, a few people here need to hope again um, because disappointment can be powerful and one of the powerful things it can do is say, well, I won't put my hope out again because I fear being disappointed yet again. And I feel like there's a grace here um, to just say, I will trust or I will hope for that situation or, or another or a situation like it again. I will put my hope out. Um, the fisherman, that's what I'm just seeing now, the fisherman has just cast his line out again. He's just going to put it out again. All right, I'm going to put my hope out. Uh, we've often, I've heard the phrase, I've never heard that phrase, but I've heard the phrase, put your faith out. Have you ever heard that? Your faith out. And that's why I'm just feeling like, put your hope out. Throw that, throw that rod out again. Um, that resonates with someone, some of you. I want you to take that today, all right? Lay hold of that rod or pole, if you're from the uh, Northern Hemisphere. Lay hold of your pole and cast that rod out again. Okay? Because disappointment will not be will not be your victor. Mm. Jesus will be your victor. All right? So the guys who fished all night went back out and Jesus said, I'm coming with you with a word. Go back out again and do exactly what you've been doing, just on the other side of the boat, but honestly, it's exactly the same. But the, he, they went in response to a live word from what Jesus had said. Yeah. Is that for anyone today? Um, let's pray for you. And you don't say anything more than stand to your feet and we'll pray if you need to cast your rod out again. Okay, in the count of three, that's me. I need to cast my rod out and hope again. Put my hope out. One, two, three. Stand. Beautiful. Now, give us your last bit of energy. Yeah. And give us a concise prayer for these people about casting the hope out again. That's good. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are faithful 
And we thank you, God, that you never crush a bruised reed. You never crush us. But, Lord, that you fill us with your goodness, with your encouragement and your presence. And this morning, Lord, as, as some of us have stood up, we are throwing that line out again. We're saying, Lord, our hope is in you. Lord, we've come into a place where we might feel that we are disappointed, that our focus has come off a bit. But Lord, we just pray for focus again. We just pray for hope again for the future. We just pray for that sense of undeniable faith that you are good and your love endures forever. And I speak peace that goes beyond all understanding on. on everyone that is standing up here and that the Lord will show you and give you clarity and give you steadfastness in the light of whatever situation you find yourselves in. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.